Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You got to do a lot better than that for an A now. You guys have been going to the... There's an A. There's an A. See, there, there's no participation trophies at Foundation Church. Either this, this is old school. Sit in the YMCA here now. You got your trophy that says participant on it. You can ram those things. <laughs> you know, I just threw this in at the last minute. And like I tell everybody, you can watch both services because they're both very different. First service doesn't get what you get and you don't get what they get. And who knows in between what I'll throw in there. And I threw this in here at the last minute. You know, all anybody ever talks about when it comes to Matthew 3, 11 and 12 is the sandal. I'll show you what I mean. I indeed baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist talking. I don't even know how this fits into the message. I just felt inclined to throw it in. So somehow I'll bend it, manipulate it and make it fit in somehow. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want you to know something, first of all. The world is supposed to be scared of the church. I know that's not what a lot of you have been taught. A lot of you have been taught that the church is a community partner, a member of the Chamber of Commerce. We're going to, the Democratic Party is going to meet with our faith leaders to try to pimp vaccines. I know that. And I know that's how a lot of people have been taught. We need to come together. We need to have community car washes and serve the community. No, the church is a shining city on a hill. The world should be scared of the church of the living God. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean because we're going to take up our AR-15s. I'm only doing that if the brown shirts show up at my door with their vaccines. Then I will vaccinate them before they vaccinate me. Now, (laughs) you need to understand something. I'm a black robe prophet. I'm not here to mess around. But the world should be scared of us. What do I mean by that? They should be scared of our prayers. They should be scared of our power. They should be scared that we are praying that their kingdom gets exposed and torn down. They should be scared of that. Not not the church cooperating with it. Between services, I watched little snippets of Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's message. Between the services. And I was watching him today and he was speaking about an evangelist. Dave, you're going to have that water bottle. It's going to drive me nuts in about one second. To just like, you know, sorry, I love Dave and I are close friends. I love him. He knows that. He knows who, he knows who I am. (laughs) You might be able to get away with it when I can't hear you, but if it's up here, keys, water bottles, I'm coming for you. (laughs) You can't do it. Just understand it. Lip smacking. I'm coming. It means you don't come back to the church. Well, that's on you. But Pastor Rodney was talking about a evangelist friend of his that goes to a church in Australia and the church in Australia now you can't even get into it they've already pretty they've already told him you're no longer welcome to be here because you are not vaccinated 
You need to understand something. Lines have been, and I'm stealing this directly from Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Lines have been drawn. Look at me. It's okay. Fine. It's not so bad that lines are drawn. It's okay. You know, a, a kingdom divided against itself will fall. You know, you have to choose sides. No man can serve two masters. There's nothing wrong. You don't need to be like, oh, that's so antithetical to Scripture. Who told you that? Who told you not to take sides? Who told you should be taking a definitive side? The title of this message series is, but let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Tom, will you ever take this vaccine? Absolutely freaking not. You look right there. There's the line. If that means people don't come to the church, don't care. I'm not here to try to get people to come to the church. God has called me to preach the gospel. And out of 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, Paul wrote, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. That's why I preach the gospel. There's nothing wrong. Listen, lines are being drawn. And it's not church to church. It's not that, you know what, the whole church is on one side and the world is on the other. No, most of the church is in the world and on the world's side. But here's the thing. That's not for you to, to lower your head and lose your countenance. What you need to do is go, thank God I am part of the remnant. Thank God I'm standing. And here's, I want you to know this. And you've heard me say this before, maybe. We may not have anything in common with that church in Australia. Listen, long before COVID, they'd stop preaching the word of God. They weren't preaching hellfire and brimstone. They weren't preaching homosexuality as sin. They'd given that up a long time ago. Pretty much the next shoe to fall, speaking of sandals, the next shoe to fall will be there's more than one way. And they're already doing that. They're all meet together, all the faith leaders. And they're all just a bunch of compromisers. Sometimes, listen, we have more in common with people that are in the world. I'm telling you that I, I, I do. Like I sit there and I watch these protests around the world. I have more in common with people shouting F Joe Biden than I do with the modern evangelical movement. I do. Listen, I'm not saying they're saved. I'm not, they're not. If they have never confessed Jesus as Lord, that's obviously not good fruit if you're dropping the F-bomb. But I'm just saying that, you know what, their yes is yes and their no is no. They're not trying to appeal to both sides by talking out of both sides of their mouth. We don't do that. Listen, the world should be scared of us. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. They should be scared of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. They should be scared of us. Not us scared of them. Who cares what they say? Go get them, Holy Spirit. If need be, you go Ananias and Sapphira them. No, hey, I no violence on my hands. You have the, I'll play that video. 
Last night on the podcast, the World Economic Forum, where there's some bald poindexter moron up there at his pulpit talking about we are the new creators, not some God in the clouds. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You esteem yourself above Yahweh, you had better watch yourself. Hands off the church. See, we need to preach things like this. But John the Baptist, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. That's all you hear anybody ever quote. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire that's Jesus too not just sandal Jesus he'll gather his wheat into the garner whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You should be scared of us. They Listen, I'm telling you right now. You look at me. I'm telling you. We will rise up out of Inglewood, Florida. A church that the world is scared of. Watch. You watch. They'll be scared of us. They'll be like, wait a minute. You know what they talk about? You know, media matters and being called terrorists by media matters being called racist by media matters, they'll be terrified that they are on our prayer list. <laughs> terrified, I'm telling you. Because we'll have a list. Well, there's one scalp, and there's another scalp, and there's another scalp. Watch. You don't think this is turning around? It's turning around. A seat in Iowa was run by a staunch conservative that's been held by the Democratic Party for 46 years. You know why that is? Because people don't want your tyranny, Democratic Party, you baby butchering monsters. They don't want it. The guy didn't win by some slim margin. He won by 20 points. It's turning around. I'm telling you, it is. We'll have a brand new church. All the knee bender beta males, they can go to their own church. We'll be a church of the word of God for the word of God's quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That will be our church. They can go to their beta male church. It's no wonder anybody follows Jesus speaking of beta males. Because that's how he's been portrayed. Jesus is as far from a Stephen Colbert beta male than you could ever possibly imagine. It's no wonder nobody talks about it. Whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Nobody preaches that. They talk about sandals all the time. They have no idea how this fits into the message. Zero. Still haven't figured it out. <laughs> Nobody tells anybody the good news. That's the good news. I like that Jesus is manly. I'm okay, but he's totally and completely male. That's all right. That's a good thing. Whether you like it or not, I'm also not a feminist. 
I'm not saying God has no respecter of persons. Romans 2.11. He doesn't respect men above women. But men should be men and women should be women. Be proud of it. That's how God designed you. No one tells anybody the good news. This is Romans chapter 10, 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? I didn't give these guys any of these verses. That's why you're not seeing them on the screen. It's their fault. I mean, it's my fault, not their fault. I'll blame them publicly. No, I'm just kidding. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You need to tell everybody the whole, the whole gamut about who Jesus is. Now, and that's why, that's why the world is not afraid of the church. Because Jesus has been portrayed as a feminist, bongo playing, all accommodating, tie-dye wearing beta male. It's not who he is. And he hasn't been betrayed like that by the world. He's been portrayed like that by the church. They don't ever preach these verses anymore. Well, if I preach these verses, people will leave. Let them leave. Preach the word instantly, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what you do. Well, that means I'm going to have a small church. Well, then you just have a small church then. You'll be all right. And by the way, God won't let it be small. The word of God, if you're preaching it, is seed. That never returns void. If you're preaching it, you're planting it into the ground. Again, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You sow the word of God, you'll reap the word of God. Let me try this. I'll try to transition into the message. What do you do if new revelation comes your way? See how seamless that was? It actually sounds like I had it planned. Not at all. What do you do? I closed the last message with this. I'll start this message because none of the stuff I just preached counts. Still got, an hour, still got 90 minutes of message left. You don't have to worry about that. I'm too hungry to preach 90 minutes. More. What if new revelation comes your way that violates your theology? What are you going to do? I, I get it at the door all the time. Tom, I've never heard that before. And I really want to say, I don't, but I want to say, that was the Bible. How have you called yourself an evangelical believer, a born-again believer for three decades and never heard that verse? So what do you do when a new revelation comes your way? And I'm not talking, I'm not talking hokey. I'm talking from the Bible. What do you do? That violates your image, that violates your opinion of yourself, good or bad. That's a threat to what has been meaningful to you, your heritage. Well, if I believe what you're telling me, Tom, then that means my mother was wrong then she was wrong. If your mom contradicted the Bible, see, everybody will come to this place at this church because you will run into a Bible verse that violates your traditions. You will. I get people, I had a woman come up to me at the door. Well, you know what? I really, I'm really with you on everything you're saying, except you said that Christians can lose their salvation. I said, okay. I said, now you opened up the door. So here it comes. 
Like one Bible verse after another. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Second uh, Peter 2, 20 through 22. Don't spout them out if you don't know them. <laughs> entitled swaths of scripture are entitled the great falling away. First Timothy chapter four, entitled the great falling away. Second Thessalonians chapter two, entitled the great falling away. Hebrews chapter five, 11 through 14, titled warning against falling away. That violated her doctrine. I don't know if I've seen her since. Should she have left or should she have sat under the word of God? You sit under the word of God is what you do. Period. It violated your doctrine, but your doctrine contradicts the Bible. So you have to know that your doctrine is wrong. What if you hear revelation that may call into question how great you were or are? You're like, Tom, you probably think you're great. No, I don't. I live under the auspices of the word of God. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. That's how I live my life. Period. I don't come up here without praying. I don't come up here without prepping. I can do nothing outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but Tom, if that's right, then I've been wrong. So forget that. If that is right, then I am wrong, so forget that. See, fruit can do this job for you too. Out of Luke chapter 6, verse 43. A tree is known by its fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Everybody stay with me now. I know we got movement around. Let's find chairs for everybody as quick as we can, guys. Let's just get people in chairs. We're having coagulation at the door here. Let's get people in chairs and stop moving. See, this is the work of the Holy Spirit right now. You see, people are looking at that instead of paying attention. They're immediately getting things stolen from them. Parable of the sower style. That's why people need to be on time. If that's right, then I've been wrong. So forget that. No. If it means that your whole, Paul wrote this. He said, you know what? I want, to, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. All in Philippians chapter 3, starting in 7, running through 11. Whatever was to my profit, I, want to, I consider as loss for the sake of Christ. So when we get confronted by a new revelation that is the Bible, then that is it. If it's my opinion, then weigh it out or discard it immediately. I don't mind. But if it's the Bible, then that means that's your new theology. Holding on to past theology is a way of holding on to the past. We're commanded to not hold on to the past. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is not a suggestion. That's a command. 
If you hold on to your old theology when you are confronted by the word of God, you are holding on to the past, contradicting the Bible. You should be getting consumed by God. Psalm 107.20 says this, he sent his word. He sent his word. If he sent his word and it violates your theology, then your theology has been wrong for years. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I want that. If that means that I've wasted years, then I've wasted them. They're already wasted anyway. There's no use pretending that they're not. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word to do it. Psalm 78, 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. God's telling them what to do and what not to do. They refuse it and they tempted God and were limited. I'm going to corral you off. Now see, there's a lot of Christians living in oblivion, even in this room. And you will not look at your fruit. You need to be looking at your fruit before you agree with everything that I say. Because you've been exactly in the same place for decades. That should never happen to somebody being consumed. If that bothers you, again, where, what am I talking about with consuming? For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. He is a consuming fire. If you are not endlessly being consumed by the power of the Holy Spirit with fruit. Fruit now. The fruit is not that you felt something. Fruit is salvations. Miracles. Your kids being saved. Not your son living with a woman. Not your daughter living with a man. That's not fruit. Something's wrong if you're losing one kid after another coming out of your house. Recognize it. Stop pretending that it isn't true. Go to the word of God. Luke chapter 6 verse 43. A tree is known by its fruit. So are you parent of the year anymore? What did I walk into? This is what, listen, you can either run from the truth or you can accept it. And in that there is hope. You can sit there and keep calling yourself parent of the year and none of your kids are saved. All of them have entered into sexual immorality. And you keep telling yourself, well, they have a good heart. In their heart, they love Jesus. No, they don't. Again, a tree is known by its fruit. Stop. Listen, you need, some of you need to turn around and look at your kids while they worship. Tom, you do that? Absolutely. They're my kids. I'll do whatever I want. I'll do whatever I want, whenever I want. They'll date who I want. They'll drive what I want. You're like, Tom, what kind of draconian tyrant are you? Don't care what you think. Both of mine are saved. How about yours? You call me a tyrant and both of mine are saved. You were their best friend. And now they publicly mock you with their sexual immorality. <laughs> truth is truth. You need to turn around and watch your 14-year-old. They worshiping? Oh, if I do, then I'm going to be embarrassed. Well, then be embarrassed. What's, what's so hard? What's so bad about working a nerve? 
I've told my kids before, I wasn't really pleased with your worship today. Who are you, Tom? I want my kids saved. I watch them worship. I watch you worship. I don't like it. Aaron will hear about it. (laughs) Today was a little dead. You know, not today. I'm just saying that's... I do it. I turn around. You'll watch me over here. I'll turn around. I'm seeing how songs register with you. I'm seeing if you're worshiping. I'm not going to sit there and turn, put my head in the sand. I want to know. I'll come up here every now and then and I'll rate your worship. Okay, that was an A. That was a B. Man, that was a major F-bomb. And ever since I've started to tell people that I'm watching your worship and judging your worship, you're not allowed to judge, Tom. Who told you that? Who told you that? The Bible tell you that? Or did some Yahoo knee bender tell you that? Could Pastor COVID R. Caver, did he tell you that? You aren't to judge? Who told you that? Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. John chapter 7, verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. But you've been told your whole life you don't judge, right? The only time you don't judge is if you're doing the same things. I'll judge your worship because I worship. Well, that's Tom, you always feel like worshiping. You don't know, I don't feel like worshiping a lot of the time. I feel like napping. I feel like sitting still. I feel like eating chocolate. That's what I feel like doing. This is my second service. I'm, I've been here since 8.30 this morning. I always feel like worshiping. But I will worship because he's worthy. So some of you, your, your homework assignment, next Sunday, watch your kid worship. If they, they look like they've had a spiritual lobotomy, then that's the truth. The eye in the sky, it do not lie. And I watch your kids already. Some of you are in way more trouble than you think you are. If your kid has zero spiritual uh, uh, interest, you better watch it. Something's going wrong. There's probably hypocrisy in the home. See, you're like, Tom, you had no hypocrisy in your house? No. Did I have sin? Yeah. But when I blew it, I didn't pretend like I didn't blow it. I would go to my own kids as a, as a six foot two, 240 pound man. I'd go to my little seven year old daughter and say, you know what? Dad was an idiot. I'm sorry for what I did. Keeps her in the faith. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 34, 18 and 19. We are to be a take action body. A take action international church. Here's one of the actions that you should take. I've given you a list. Finally get into the message. At 1228. Take action. Three letter word. Started on it last week. Ask. Ask. I will show you my faith by what I do. James 2.18. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James 2.18, 2.17, and 2.26. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. James 2.24. Ask is your job. 
Jesus was nailed to the cross, spike by bloody spike, through his ankles, through his hands, through his wrists, pierced his side, raised from the dead, did multiple miracles, was transformed, was, was taken up by God in a cloud. He did his job. Your job and my job is to ask. You don't have to, a lot of Christians are trying to be nailed to the cross with their afflictions. Oh, I'm so burdened by afflictions. That's heresy. All of your afflictions, all of them. If you were victimized as a child, that affliction is on the cross. You are not to go around. Don't go, don't go have a survivor's Bible study. Don't you label yourself a victim for the rest of your life. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. Wait a minute, Tom. You know, we are, we are, we're having a Bible study about the sons and daughters of, of, of uh, addiction. Heresy. All your days will be evil. You, you peddle that around the rest of your life. Well, I was victimized because my dad, because my mom. All the days of the afflicted are evil. Well, I feel bad because, you know, Tom beat me up a minute ago. Now I feel bad because my kids aren't saved. Stop being afflicted. Do something about it. Ask. That's your job. Ask. Ask and it shall be given you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask and it shall be given you. Not ask and it might. Ask and it shall. I won't even pray with you unless you agree with me. If you're not agreeing for the answer, if you are sick, you are supposed to be made well. If you are broke, you are supposed to be prospered. That's the Bible. I won't even agree with you. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. I do that. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22. I don't lay hands on people hastily. You don't want to agree with the Bible? I said agree with me. I mean agree with the Bible. If you're not going to agree with the Bible, I'm not praying for you. I'll help you. Well, you know, I'm not really believing for healing. So, you know, okay. Can we get you a McDonald's gift card or <laughs> about Walmart? You know, you can go to their CRT training that they're starting next month. Not kidding, by the way, that's true. There's always a national shortage of workers. And then they mandate vaccines and CRT training. Good idea, Walmart. Send them where it hurts. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. There's your jobs. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. You know why most Christians never receive, find, and don't see doors open? Because they never seek, they never ask, and they never try to open the door. You know, God's going to move. No, he's not. Nothing is just going to happen. You have to ask. He was nailed to the cross. Your job is to ask. I pick my job. James 4, 2. Yet ye have not because you ask not. Well, I do ask and nothing is, nothing is happening. We'll fix that in just a minute if you're willing. But it'll violate your theology. Yeah, how many of you in here, including me, my hand's already up, have prayed for something and it didn't happen? All right, now we got to fix it. That's not your theology. Well, you know, God can, but you never know if he will. Heresy. 
Go, go, go and read a bunch of African proverbs then. Go read Hillary's book, African Proverb. It takes a village. Book of Morons. <laughs> Chapter one. You have not because you ask not. When you ask, you do not. Next verse. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your, ple- on your pleasures. There's certain things that are absolutely guaranteed that you will receive. Healing is one of them. Prosperity is one of them. If you're one of those fools that goes around and starts going into the Ferrari parking lot and starts going, my daddy loves me, mine, 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 and that's why you never have one. And you have no job. While we were with you, this we commanded of you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. You're welcome. Don't get it. It was like a real quiet, that's right over there and one over there. You so don't, why are you so afraid to offend? It's over for us. They hate you anyway. Might as well just go all the way. Be like me. I'm universally hated. Hated in my own family. Hated by the left. Hated by the right. Stand up, sit down. Fight, fight, fight. Church hates me. What? Who cares? They're a bunch of heretics, most of the church. They don't, they're not following the Bible. Most, if we went on a little bus tour today and went from church to church and we're watching sermons, you wouldn't be able to stand in there. I said this in the first service. You will not find another church like this in Charlotte County. You won't. It's not bragging. It's sad. There used to be. You used to have churches to choose from. I couldn't bear to go to any church, really, between here in Hillsborough County. I would go to this church or Rodney Howard Browns. Those are my only options. Everybody else closed or mitigated. I know there's exceptions, so don't meet me at the door with them. <laughs> and a lot of the exceptions are not exceptions. You know what I can't stand more than anything? It's like every single chubby guy that people see in movies, everybody says, I remind them of him. Well, you, you remind me of Kevin James. Thanks. Mall, Paul Blart, mall cop. That's who I remind you of. Quiet hope. I see you laughing at me back there. That's, that's, hope, that's hope Judd. We worked as deputies for years together back in the back. That's who I remind you of. And I hear people come up to me. Oh yeah, you know, you remind me of my pastor there at First Church of the Lukewarm. What? Really me? I remind you of that guy. The guy that closed his church for eight months and now is pretending like he didn't, that's who I remind you of? And I'm telling you, no matter how far you are driving, I'm not saying this for my good, I'm saying it for yours. No matter how far you're having to drive right now, you need to be driving here. Don't go back. Yeah, they're pretending. They're pretending like they never closed, but they did. And the next one, they're going to close for climate change. Oh, no, they would never do that. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. See, the whole plan has been this. The whole plan is to get you vaccinated. Why? It's not for the vaccination. It's not to save your life, of course. 
It's so that you have to have a vaccine passport. Once that Pandora's box is opened, everything goes on that QR code. Your banking information, what you buy, where you travel. How many times you bent over to pick up a piece of trash? That's exactly what's going on in the entire one billion nation of China right now. Everybody has a QR code and you have a social credit system. You stop and pick up trash, you earn some points. You burn too many carbons, you lose some points. That's been the plan from day one. How those vaccinations working? Let's look at this. Again, I don't know how I'm going to get back into the message, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> but you need to know this information because every day the vaccine pimps are going to be coming to you saying that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Really? Well, let's look at some stats coming out of the UK, shall we? Coming out of the UK, they track the number of COVID deaths. This is from the UK's version of the CDC. They tracked the number of COVID deaths from weeks 36 to 39 in 2020 and 36 to 39 in 2021. They compared the amount of COVID deaths. So basically to make the conversation simplistic, September 2020, September of 2021. Everybody with me so far? How many COVID deaths did they have in those weeks in 2020? 571. How many COVID deaths did they have this year during that exact same time frame with all of the vaccinations? 3,026. Facts. 75% of those deaths are the fully vaccinated. The whole idea from if you have been vaccinated, you need hands laid on you to pull that top. Listen, I am, you may not believe this, it doesn't matter to me whether you do or not. I am a man of redemption. I want everybody who's fallen away back. I want everybody who's caved to COVID to repent and come back. I don't want them lost. If you've taken the vaccine, I don't want to condemn you. I want to leach that toxin out of your body in Jesus' name. That's what I want. Ask and it shall be given you. I put my hand on somebody and they've taken the vaccine. And I say, Lord, we leach that out in Jesus' name and repair every ounce of damage that's been done by that toxin. Done in Jesus' name. Loosed in Jesus' name. Damage bound in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John chapter 14, 12 through 14, most assuredly, I say to you, it's kind of an important statement. Most assuredly, be sure. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do and the that the father may be glorified in the son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, Tom, I've tried all that. I've listened to screamers like you yell at me and it never works. What are you going to do? What do most Christians do? You can always layer out the Bible. Enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it, right? It's the same way. Most Christians will not embrace the word of God. It's a narrow way. The more you embrace of the word of God, the more narrow the way becomes. So what do you do if your prayers aren't answered? You prayed for healing and it didn't happen. 
You prayed for, for, for provision and it didn't show up and you're still broke. What do you do? Yeah, you know what it's called? Supplication. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God. What does supplication mean? Repeat. Didn't work the first time? Do it again. Till you break through. If you need to, take the day off work, lock yourself in the room, start fasting until you get exactly what it is that you're asking for. So if it didn't work, what do you do? You take action. You don't, you don't, you don't just start to supplement your, supplement your faith. You don't start saying, well, you know what? God can, but I don't know if he will. You don't, you don't turn against the Bible because your results were not correct. You don't think I live this? I was the sickest I've ever been in my life this year. I have never in 17 years of pastoring this church, I have never missed one Sunday for sickness in my life. And I missed two this year. Not one day have I ever missed for sickness. And what did I do? Come back and say, well, you know, things have changed. You know, I prayed and it didn't work. So, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adapt my theology to my own feelings so that I don't feel like garbage about myself. No, I came right up here in the pulpit and I said, a lot of you probably think I've changed. I haven't changed one bit. You know what happened? Unbelief's in the camp. Some of you are afraid to agree with that, aren't you? You know why you're afraid? Because the Bible is not your Jesus. That's what Jesus said every time. He never said, well, you know, I can, but I don't know if I will. <laughs> Heresy. Put that in Hillary Clinton's book right next to it takes a village. <laughs> well, you know, that, I, you know, I believe that when we bind is bound and what we lose is loose. But, you know, you do have to use wisdom in this pandemic. Heresy. You take action. If things didn't pan out, then you've got to find out why. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. With, what pleases the Lord? Without faith it's impossible to please him. So something is wrong in the faith realm. Don't ask for more faith. That's heresy. To each man has been given the measure of faith. Hebrews chapter 12. Don't ask for more faith. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Luke chapter 17, 5 and 6. You don't ask for more faith. That's heresy. You have all the faith you're going to have. It's just blocked. By what? Unbelief. I've given this demonstration before. I had Daryl come up here. And I said, move, move the pulpit. So he want, tried to move the pulpit. And I just held on to it right here. That's faith trying to move a mountain with unbelief holding it on. Holding it in place. You have to get, you have got to curse the unbelief. Until you do, you're never going to even see God's doors open for you in life. A lot of you think you're walking through God's doors. You're not. You're walking through carnal doors. I'll get to that in a minute. Because if Christians don't get open doors, they make their own. All of us have ants in our pants. All of us do. 
We want life to move forward. We want things to change. We want excitement. And if we don't do it God's way, we'll make it happen our own way. You take action. You prayed for something and it didn't happen. You take action. And that action is find out why. Well, I've just come to understand that, you know, through my experience that God can, but you just never know if he will. You're a heretic. You're a Pharisaic cultist. Making up your own Bible. That's not what the Bible says at all. Let's look at what the Bible says. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Is that the Bible that I just quoted? Well, I've learned through my experience. If you ever run into a Christian who is telling you how to operate from their experience, walk away. Walk away. Matter of fact, don't even walk away. Run away. Do a Hezekiah. Turn your back to them and walk away. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And I always have to throw this in here. For those of you Christians who are still cussing. And now, or Christians that are bringing cussing back into your life. As a new measure of grace. What's the next verse? But shun profane and vain babblings. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. Well you know I gave up cussing at first. But you know I've come to a greater understanding of grace. Heresy. It's not the Bible. I'm not interested if it's not the Bible. I have no interest at all. So you want to find out. So study. Well, I, I, I wanted to find out by, you know, going to a Chris Tomlin concert. That doesn't work. <laughs> study. Wait a minute. You mean that if I study, then I can't do this all day? <sighs> Talk about a zombie apocalypse. I walk into rooms now. Sometimes I keep my mouth shut. Most of the time I don't. Everybody's staring at that thing. We're all in a room together, not talking. I won't allow it. I go out to dinner with you. I'm giving you my attention. I'm not looking at that thing. I forbade it. You're like, you tell Hope that? Yeah, absolutely. Ask her. Is she in here? No, she's not in here. Ask her. Let's leave the phones off the table. Unless it's our kids, we don't answer. I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to participate in any measure of a zombie apocalypse, whether it's COVID or phones. And lo and behold, the COVID passport goes on your phone. So you take action. I prayed for somebody that didn't work. Pray for a Holy Ghost anointed Bible study steering you toward the answer. Lord, I want to know why. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You've got to be willing to Galatians 2.20 it. He's going to crush you. Are you all right with that? I heard one very quiet. Yeah, right here. God bless you. Gina. I recognize her voice throughout the years. One quiet. Yeah. The word of the Holy Ghost, you pray, Holy Ghost, I ask you, Lord, I want to know why I don't see results. I want to know. I want to know. Show it to me. I don't want to adapt my theology so that I feel good for the rest of my life. I actually want to raise the dead. I want to be anointed. I want to give sight to the blind. I want to win the lost. I want to know why I'm not. 
Steer me. Steer me. It's your sword, Holy Spirit. Steer me towards it. That, that word of God that's quick and powerful and piercing and discerning and dividing. You have to be willing to go his way. It's narrow. Or just go sign up for another Christian conference that'll blow smoke up your rear end from Friday to Sunday night. Hillsong will be closing on Sunday night on the official blow smoke up your rear end night. No answers, just worship. They worship, worship. I want to know why. I want to know why people are walk out of Foundation Church with the tumors they had when they walked in. When I prayed over them, I want to know why. The answer is in here. I've already found it. I'm going to show you today. So you ask, you pray, the Holy Spirit guides you. Guides you to the answer through his word. That means you're going to have to Psalm 46 tenet. You're going to have to be still. And know that he is God. That doesn't mean I stand still and I know that Yahweh is Yahweh. That's not what it means. It means be still and have the knowledge of God. Pray. You want answers. Pray that you'll be in a church you're supposed to be in. I get answers all the time from the river. I sit under the ministry of Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. I sit under the ministry of Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Bible, 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 Bible. Oh, what, you know what else we're going to do? Bible, Bible. You know what else we're going to do? Some more Bible. Amen. Rodney Howard Brown just lives the Bible. It just spews out of him. He just said, I mean, I don't know if he's got the whole thing memorized. And they wonder why he operates in power and other people don't. It's Bible. Here's the answer. Why aren't my prayers answered? Why? See, people don't do what they're supposed to do. What they have to do. To see open doors, to see closed doors, to see times of refreshing. Do you want to see the open doors? Beyond the open doors, a new and fresh anointing. Do you want to see it? then you're going to have to operate in belief and crucify unbelief because you're blind. All of us in this room, including me, operate to some degree in blindness. There's doors that I'm missing. There's doors that you're missing. It operates on a percentage basis. I might be missing this percent and you're missing that percent because of unbelief. You walk around blind. Well, should I date that person? Well, you should know immediately. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The Holy Spirit will tell you, should I take this job? Well, that means I have to, I mean, I'm going to take this job and I'm going to earn $7,000 more a year. I'm going to be working twice as many hours, but I'll make that much money. And I get to live in Tennessee. So I'm going to move away from my church out in the middle of nowhere and and just leave everything that I know to make $7,000 a year and work twice as hard to get it. You know what God's going to tell you on that one? A big fat no. God will, God, I'm going to tell you this. God will never move you from your church. Oh my, how dare you say that? That violates the Americana church lexicon. He won't move you from your church without what? Unless you already found another one that he called you to. 
Not, hey, you know, Tom, we found a church that's kind of similar to it. Oh, really? Similar to us? Oh, let's look. Um, they were closed for nine months. And now you've got a pastor calling himself a patriot pastor on YouTube. That's not me. And that's not Foundation Church. That's a knee bender pretending like he's a black robe regiment. He's a sheep. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't even like to call them wolves because that gives them too much manliness. <laughs> Limp-wristed wolf at that. If you want to see open doors and closed doors in times of refreshing, people don't do what they're supposed to do or what they have to do to see them. So they make up their own. You and I yearn for open doors. Don't you? I mean, how many of you love a new thing? You have to. I know some of you are pretending that you don't because you want to sound holy and spiritual. You're just lying to yourself. You know you love something new. Everybody does. I don't even mean brand new. I just mean something new in your life. Whatever it may be. Everybody does it. I, I told you this before. I sit there. I'm a people watcher. I watch the men in my neighborhood. I watch them. Because they all follow the exact same pattern. None of them are saved. So I watch them. Oh, here it comes. There's the motorcycle. Check one. Got that. You know what's next? What's next? Usually it's the RV. That's next. Boat's in there too. I'll give you full credit for that. That's oftentimes there. But every single guy, every single one of them, whether they're married or single, every single guy, I watch them because they've got to have it. People yearn for it. People will worship something. You and I have a heart of worship. We will worship something. You and I will, no matter what. I mean, if we go right now and we turn on the TV and we watch the stupidest organization on the planet, which is the NFL, there are tons of people worshiping their teams. How do you tell if you're worshiping it? You look like it. You attend it. You, you scream for it. Christians won't scream for Jesus or dance before the Lord. But man, their team scores a touchdown. They worship them. I don't care whether you watch football or not. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. If you want, listen, if you're watching the NFL now, you're buying into the problem. The NFL is nothing but a CRT convention of mandated vaccines. Just know that. But just like we'll worship something, we will always try to find something new. Always. We can't help it. It's just like 99% of people, there's lots of young people when they first get married, what do they say? Oh no, we're not going to have kids. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I know you're convinced right now. I get it. I know. We'll see. Because there's something. Something on the inside. Very difficult. It will come for you. Right now you're like, I'm set. I'm never going to do it. We'll see. We like to procreate. We like having babies. It's the same thing here. If we don't have open doors and there's not something fresh, we'll make it happen. I don't worship God, so I worship the football team. I worship a person. Some of those things that people will run into are, is sin, obviously. Sports, my favorite, Tennessee. Tennessee's the answer. If I can just get to Tennessee. 
I've heard it my whole life here. I've lived in Florida since 1987. No, since 1980. I've lived here. Heard it my whole life. And then that same person is still here 37 years later. What happened to Tennessee? Well, if I can just get to Tennessee. You're still saying that? You were talking Tennessee when we were in high school. They'll find their own excitement. They'll quit church. They'll become offended. Being offended is exciting. I'm not kidding you. People will choose being offended instead of the Holy Ghost. Because you actually have to work to have the Holy Ghost dominate you. What do you mean, Tom? I thought this was, we're saved by, by grace through faith. You are. But in order to discover the depths of that, oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom of knowledge of God, Romans eleven thirty three, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to study to show yourself approved, to break down the unbelief so that you can see. But most will not choose that. They'll choose Tennessee instead. And they'll be just as miserable up there on their tender Tennessee Christmas. <laughs> Amy Grant playing in the background. You're just as miserable. You know why? Because you're there. Your unbelief is the source of your misery. People don't go to hell for sin. They go to hell for unbelief. They chose not to believe in what eradicates their sin. We will seek out excitement in times of refreshing. The question is, which one will we choose? The carnal? Uh, if I can just find the right guy. If my husband will just change. Never going to work. You know the odds of him changing? Now here's the thing. He can change. And you can too, boy. Who should you be concentrating on? You can't make anybody else do anything. I concentrate on myself. I don't follow you. How many of you have had me come to your house and go, hey, Pastor Tom checking in? Progressing this week? Told me you had this struggle. Have you laid it down? I, don't, I concentrate on me. See, what will happen is Christians will seek out excitement. Here's a verse for you. 1 Timothy chapter 5, two verses, uh, verses 12 and 13. This is what happens to believers. These are born again believers. And sorry, Calvinists, when I read this first line to you. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. You're going to believe that at the door? Well, that, you know, I really believe everything you're talking about, Tom. I'm with you on the vaccines. I'm with you on the COVID. Nobody should lock down, but I'm, I, I'm against you on eternal security. There is nothing. There's not one ounce of eternal security in the Bible. Nothing. Not only will you not find that phrase, but you won't find that concept. Have, this is Paul writing. Have the, the minister of grace. Having condemnation having going to hell because they have cast off being saved that's what it says that's not mean old pastor tom that's the bible that's the jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the word became flesh and dwelt among us this is the jesus having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith is christianity whether you like it or not. Yeah, people will barnstorm out of here. I've never seen as many people get up and leave in services as I have in 2021. Never to return. It's fine. But why are you leaving? 
Are you leaving because you believe the Bible? Or are you leaving because you don't believe the Bible? See, I ask myself those questions. As I've told you before, when the Bible points out my sin and frailties, me no like. I wish it wasn't in there, but it is. I told you this a dozen times. I wish, I wish, Lord, that temper tantrums weren't a sin, but they are. I'm just, I keep catching hope in my vision. It makes me think of the sheriff's office. And I thought of the time where I was pulling, going on, coming off of Winchester onto river. And I had to pull something out of my patrol car. And when I did, it's like I had, it's like I had an avalanche set up on my passenger side door. And I opened up my door and everything in my car. And I was on the side of the road throwing a complete conniption in full uniform. And every, every five seconds I go. I wish that wasn't sin, but it is. If I don't turn from that sin, I go straight to hell for it. That's just a fact. I'm not saying that one temper tantrum sends you to hell. I'm talking about lifestyle. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this, big list of sin, right in front of that scripture, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Having condemnation, 1 Timothy 5, 12 and 13. Having condemnation. We got 13 minutes to go and we're done. Everybody good? I'm talking about altar call and everything. 13 minutes to go. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith because they are bored. They got to be entertained. So let's crucify the worship leader. Well, Aaron's not perfect. Well, who made you perfect? How's your fruit in comparison? Do you ever do this? I do this. What's my fruit in comparison? You should always do that before you open that pie chute. Well, you know, I just don't agree with the direction. And I just think things need to be said. And look at the scalps that I'm lining up right now. I've gotten this person to leave the church. And I've gotten that person to leave the church. That'll be really great on your way to hell. With a millstone hung around your neck. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, leave the church. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. That's the bongo playing Jesus. He's not a bongo player. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle. Wandering about from house to house. Tom, that never happens. You've never pastored a church. I've had more people wander from house to house about me or my worship leader. As we're usually the focal point. Wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. Well, I'm right. I'm factual on what I'm saying. Does that mean it needs to be said? So let's walk up to every single person who we hate their hairstyle. I just want to be honest with you. Your hair looks like garbage. Next. Your hair looks like garbage. Next. 
Just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. He who covers an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Trying to think of which proverb that is. I can't remember. 17.9 maybe? I can't remember. I think it's Proverbs 17.9. I have so many memorized in the 17th chapter I get confused with them. Because Christians have to be entertained. And because they're not getting anything out of their life spiritually, they're going to wander around from house to house. Because they've got to be refreshed. And instead they're choosing to serve their carnal nature. Instead, this is what they could do. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Why don't you entertain yourself in the presence of the Lord? Every day, moms, when it's nap time at the house, go into your prayer closet and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead of calling somebody on the phone to, for your times of refreshing to actually be co- times of condemnation. But it feels like it's refreshing. It's new. You know, I, I went and I destroyed somebody else's life. So that's new. I badmouthed Tom behind his back. You know, that may cost him a few church members. No, you won't. All you do is usher yourself into the realm of Ananias and Sapphira. That's all you did. I'm not saying God's going to kill you. I'm just telling you, you're ushering yourself into people like that. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. You notice how it shifts to a man? Before he hates the haughty eyes, he hates the lying tongue. He hates the feet that are quick to rush into evil. And the very last one, he hates the man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Think about that before you lift up the phone. Think about it. I personally prefer the grace side of Yahweh than the vengeance side. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? See how quiet it gets in here? Because most Christians are gossips. There's going to be lots of stunned people on the day of judgment. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto you, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That'll be gossip. So a lot of Christians will be stunned on the day of judgment when they go straight to hell for gossiping. The whole time they had everything else going. They were part of the women's club and they were part of the trunk and treat committee and they were part of, well, you're lovely, but you're a filthy, rotten gossip who's going to die and go straight to hell for your unrepentant sin. It's the truth. That's the Bible. That's Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 starting in verse 9. That's Revelation chapter 21 starting in verse 8. That's the Bible saying that. That's not me. I'm innocent. God just called me to speak it. That's it. Seven minutes to go. Why aren't our prayers answered? Here it is. I'll give you this knowledge before we go. I'm going to do it quick. Matthew 17, 14 through 20. And when they had come to, to the multitude, a man came to him. Came to Jesus, 
kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Well, that's it then. Let me just change my whole theology, right? That's what 99.9% of the churches, nobody's praying over tumors. And if they are, it's Lord, you know, we're just asking that your will would be done in this. You know, if that's what you want, but we want what you want and we don't know what you want. So we're praying for what you want. What? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For you doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're a nut job praying like that. James chapter 1, 6 through 8. So what happens? Well, we're going to pause in Matthew. Go over. The way Jesus said. So, so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, now flip over to Mark chapter 9, 14 through 27. This is more of the elongated conversation. And don't worry, I'm going to keep us on time. And when he... Came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. So they're in the middle of a theological debate. Immediately, when they saw Jesus, saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they, that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, well, you tried. You never know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy God. Here I am. I'm a crazy God. You never know whether I'm going to heal or not. You just never know. Where is that in the Bible? And you're like, Tom, you're making a mockery. That is the theology of 99.9% of Christians. Nobody's following us around from town to town with bare feet. They should be. We should be pretty darn entertaining when we raise people out of their wheelchairs. Instead of hiding them at the back at the revival meeting. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. In the NIV it says, how long shall I put up with you? Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Ready for the response? Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Immediately the father of the child. No Christians ever do this. Nobody does it. I do all the time. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Nobody does it. Because if, it, if you buy into this, that means you're mean. How could you say it was somebody's unbelief? Because it was. Does it help anymore that they're seven feet under, but you just believe God did it? Or God wouldn't do it? 
The problem is us, it's not God. Does it really make people feel better towards God when you blame him? You never know if he can. You know he can, but you don't know if he will. Be if thou is thy will, Lord. Does that make people run to Jesus? They were running to Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus delivered. Just like we. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also in greater works than these he will do. You will multiply these works. Why isn't it happening then? Because the church is out of the will of God, hence the reason why the church closed for a year. Gladly, they couldn't have grabbed their ankles any faster. When Jesus saw, verse 25, that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, see how kind Jesus is? Nobody, that's, Pastor Pulaski told me this on the phone. No, he told me this on our interview on the, on the podcast. I can't remember which one it was, whatever. He says, the problem in Canada is that Canadians are nice to everybody, including the devil, including sin. They want to be nice to everybody. They want to be compliant to everybody. Here's how Jesus speaks to the devil. Deaf and dumb spirit. He he could have just said, hey, demon. No. Deaf and dumb spirit. I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Now here's the thing. Worship team, make your way. What happened to the dispute? I'll tell you when to start playing here. Just everybody ready. What happened to the dispute? Remember everybody was arguing? What happened to the dispute? The world is supposed to be scared of us. There would be no dispute. Right now with this whole COVID vaccine tyranny... They wouldn't dare. Where were all the scribes? Once Jesus cast out the devil, the argument was over. If we were doing this and operating in power, the world would be terrified. Terror. You don't believe me? I'll finish with this. And a great windstorm arose so that the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. This is all in Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41. And they feared exceedingly. That's how they should be responding to us. Jesus got up. He's asleep. The water's in the boat where he's sleeping. He's in the water. He's sound asleep. He has no fear. Neither should you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. The world would be. And then his own disciples. It says it. They feared him exceedingly. And said to one another. Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's how Joe Biden should feel about us. We are turning this around. Denmark is wide open. Norway is wide open. Sweden is wide open. Delta Airlines is wide open. Southwest Airlines is wide open. We are turning this country, this society, and this tyranny back on its own head. In Jesus' name. Stand with me.
Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.